0: The other thing, Caleb, that you and I talked about was there's this really big difference between transactional relationships, yep. transaction versus transformational relationships. So when we go into the world of transaction with banks, with um, with anyone who has a has money related to it, mm-hmm. it's transaction in how it's been designed. And so Betterwell Solutions, in my opinion, and what we're you know, wanting to support you on is looking at developing and continuing to grow as a transformational model of wealth.
1: This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Bill and Kelly, welcome to the Better Wealth podcast. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Thank you, Caleb. Glad to be here. All right. So this one's going to be a really fun podcast, uh, if you can't tell by the way I'm talking. Um, I met you, Bill, when I was just starting Better Wealth. You, you. I think you saw some of our content potentially late 2017, early 2018. And right. I remember getting a call from you, and you were uh, – uh, I didn't know that at the time, but you were a nuclear engineer – Um, and very well-researched, and you had a conversation, and that came into us having multiple conversations, you watching Mm -hmm. all my content, which I'm not even comfortable sharing at this point. I cringe at some of the content you guys watch. I
2: still like it.
1: (laughs) And you guys became one of our biggest clients early on and one of our biggest advocates, and it was was interesting because we're going to hear a lot from you, Kelly. You weren't even brought in to a lot of the Mm -hmm. conversations. You were kind of like, I like you. I trust you. I definitely trust my husband. I know he's going to ask every question known to man. Um, yeah. And so you were kind of, we've gotten to know each other a lot after the fact. Right. Um, you guys have both been in Denver and I've gotten to spend time with you in person. Although we became clients back in the day, I was, we were talking earlier. It was That's when I used awesome. GoToMeeting. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. So I just out of gratitude. I am so grateful that you guys are, are a part of my life. I'm so grateful that you were part of the Betterwell family. Uh, Bill, I'm not always grateful for your questions, but I am after the fact, uh, cause it really makes me stay sharp. And, um, I wanted to just get captured your guys' story. I know that you guys both have some interesting insights to what we teach. And I just right. want, I want you to share a little bit of those. I want, and this will just be a free flowing conversation. Cause I know, Um, you guys are not on a ton of podcasts and that's why this is so special. So thank you again for making this a priority.
0: Thanks, Caleb.
1: All right. So I'm, first of all, I'm going to put you on the spot, Bill. (laughs) Um, and I just want you to know, like, I want you to paint the picture of like, why in the world did you even reach out? What were you studying? I know that you have always been a saver. We're not, obviously not going to give any details on the podcast, but you have done really well. What made a nuclear engineer that was nearing retirement reach out to a 21 year old? Like, what were you thinking, number one? And, like, what, what had to happen? So, I would just love to hear your thoughts.
2: Well, I was trying to figure out why it is some of these things that I've been doing that go against everything that I've ever learned and understood seem to be working out really well for me. And so I just kept on uh, Googling and Googling and Googling, asking questions in a, in a way that, um, you know, might direct me in the direction that I hope to find. And I think ultimately it was that notion of this is an and, this is not an or. So you were the first one, a lot of other um, content that I would saw on the internet um, hinted that this is an and but you were the only one that actually came out and said it and so that was whenever I heard that that's whenever I looked up your phone number or whatever the mechanisms were to uh, establish an online appointment and Said, let's yeah, talk yeah. about this because I believe this is an and. Yeah. I heard it from you. Let's let's see where it goes from yeah. here. And it was so cool talking
1: to you because this is back in the day. Did we did we have the book at this point, or was it just was it still? It was it pre published.
2: You you indicated that that you were writing a book. Wow. You yeah. didn't yeah. tell me what the title was.
1: <laughs> but, That's but so you crazy. Did, oh wow. You did, send,
2: you did send me a pre preprint pdf yeah and he, he definitely had me at e equals mc squared
1: yes yeah i think i think i i uh, indirectly found your love language I, i'm telling you engineer yeah. like you and here's the cool thing um kelly i don't know if you know this but you guys are in our beta testing group with our documentary as we come out more and more and get a more clear like view of what this looks like i want i want to bounce it off of you guys because from the work that we did on the and asset, you guys were super gracious. And you're like, Hey, this is awesome. And here's how you can make it a hundred times better. Um, And I remember I've talked, I was like, Bill, now that you're in this retirement, which, you know, is a dirty word around here. um, Now you've got to come on board.
0: (laughs) I shared With him, it's rewirement. It's not retirement. A friend of mine mentioned that. So, right. You know what?
1: I, I need to do some content on, on that. I loved how you said that. But anyways, we might have to get some free, free hours um, a couple times a month for you to work on some calculators for us because I know how your brain works, and, um, and I think that would be something. Well, that I'm be- trying to
2: avoid computers at this point okay. in my <laughs> okay. life. Well, a
1: year, a year from now when you're Go twiddling up. your thumbs, wondering what to right. do, you know who to call. Um, okay. Kelly, I, I want to hear your perspective, and I want to I get your background. Obviously, I've been talking up your husband and I, I had a, an, a lot of time with him early on. But more and more, what makes you guys so special is, is you guys are exact opposites. I still yeah. to this day don't know how Bill convinced you to marry him. I really <laughs> don't. But he did. And you guys are a power couple and exact opposites. Like uh, exact opposites. So you will, you will give a, a, a stranger a hug and be able to dialogue and connect and, um, and you just have a heart of gold. Bill, I'm not saying you don't have a heart of gold. I'm just saying uh, your, your wife uh, yeah. wears it on her sleeve. So I would love to hear a little bit of your background, Kelly. And then what about this was like some aha moments. And then I don't know if you remember, but you guys sent me quite a bit of, of material and I would love to like go I did. through. I wanna go through some of that stuff if you remember. Yeah. And uh, well, I think first of all, super valuable. Yeah,
0: I gotta clear this up. Bill did not ask me to marry him. I asked him to marry me, so people are absolutely stunned when I say that. Um, I had made some poor choices, and um, he was heading out the door, and I had to kind of almost beg him to come back, hmm. um, and so he was gracious enough to give me just one more moment um, to get myself together, um, and I asked him to marry me, and he said yes, and next week is our 34th wedding anniversary. And it's been a ride so far, Um, but uh, I will tell you that um, the journey has been very worthwhile for us. Um, When Bill started talking to me about Caleb, and I was like, who is this? What is happening right here? He began to share with me the concept of the and asset, and he is very detail oriented uh, My background is a registered nurse i 'm also a marriage and family therapist and i 'm a, a I work with very traumatized people and so we are very very different people um, but as he was talking about things, I was curious about who was this and what is this pdf and he mentioned your age but I, I wasn't really as worried about that as I was trying to figure out what is the concept involved because I'm, I love to learn and I love answering questions. So when you started speaking to me and I was reading your material, I immediately gave you a nickname, which is Boy Genius. And so I only refer to you in the way of Boy Genius. What is the Boy Genius up to? What is happening with him right now? And so what you didn't realize at the time was that you were actually bringing forward very formally some of the things that Bill had mentioned was being hinted at by experts, but you were just young and excited and you had done all your homework and you're like, man, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go forward. So you went from kind of a, you know, there was no fear in, in you saying, this is what I see and this is what I understand. And so I really value... Fearlessness and so that was one of the things that I really admire about you among other things now that we've met So as bill started talking to me a little bit about what's going on. I realized that um, as a couple we talk about money very differently. I come from a fairly traumatized childhood where money was used as a weapon. And so this is a big deal for us because Bill with the saving, I was born in the 60s too. So it was all about savings and we worked hard and you need to save up and don't pay interest and you know whatever and all that was. But um, so money was talked about all the time in my family. Whereas in some families, it was never discussed, but in my family, it was discussed all the time. So as Bill was trying to get me involved in this idea of the and asset and where money was involved and movement of money and intergenerational considerations, it took everything I had emotionally to, to try and see through a different lens. Because I was getting triggered quite a bit with what I had learned in childhood and in adolescence and in adulthood about money. And then through our marriage, we had moments. And I guess this is why I'm a therapist where we were trying to do something called reframe or repair when we were trying to talk about money. In marriage is very difficult or any partnership. Everybody comes at it very differently. And so He was somehow able to, after knowing me for a long period of time, he was able to help me. We had to come up with a different strategy and structure for talking about money. And what we ended up with is only on Sundays do we talk about money. So it wasn't something we talked about every single day. So he would do all his homework and he would bring all of his notes and he'd bring all your stuff. And on Sundays, we would sit with our spreadsheet. She watched
2: some of your old videos.
0: I watched some. I wasn't under duress. Um, at all, I was starting to get interested in what he was talking about because it was so far afield from what we had experienced in the 60s and 70s growing up related to money. Which we believed was truth, which we were conditioned to do budgeting. We were conditioned to go to banks. We were conditioned to do all these things and that's all we really knew and were familiar with So somebody you boy genius was beginning to share with us that there's a different way of a lens that's different And as we started to unravel what we had believed and what we were conditioned to believe, we realized we had been misinformed. And the hardest thing right now, Caleb, for Bill and I is to unlearn the old familiar and relearn and rewire into this new familiar. And we've had a lot of practice in the last two and a half or three years and we're still practicing. And what we find ourselves doing is thinking in the scarcity mindset. Yeah, what don't we have that, the way. instead of that. the abundance mindset. And so he will catch me and I will catch him with beliefs that we kind of verbalize and say, oh no, that's scarcity, that's fear-based language. We, If we make okay. a de- decision based in fear, financial or anything else, it's the wrong decision. So if you're afraid, of whatever, then that's where we've learned to take a deep breath and na- it's, it's navigation. And the other thing, Caleb, that you and I talked about was there's this really big difference between transactional relationships, yep. transaction versus transformational relationships. And so, what you've been talking about in the and asset and with Betterwell Solutions is your whole vision. The, you're, the person that you are is about transformation. It's not transaction. So when we go into the world of transaction with banks, with um, with anyone who has a has money related to it, mm-hmm. it's transaction in how it's been designed. And so Betterwell Solutions, in my opinion, and what we're you know wanting to support you on, is looking at developing and continuing to grow as a transformational model of wealth. And you also had me at looking at generations of our children and their children and their children. So you had me there anyway, because we can't take it with us. And we want our children to be able to serve their soul's mission without worrying about money. And this provided that opportunity to explore it in this way with the and asset. And so if I was yeah. to, to really just sum it up for you, that's how we kind of got from one place to another, and it is a process, and it's a process that he and I, every Sunday, are still doing, checking yeah. in with wow. each other, and we still kind of say, is it too much today? Maybe, and so we'll put it off to the next week. So we're very thoughtful about how we do this work and the tools that we use and the way we communicate.
1: I love that. Kelly, you are so well spoken. Um, I love the concept that you talked about the misinformation and like okay. being able to think about this idea of rewiring. And it's so interesting that that's another word that you use instead of retirement. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. And and really like being gracious with yourself because I'm sure someone like you, Bill, was kind of like beating yourself up. Some of the things that like, um, I another nickname for me is Sparky. I don't know why, but it's just like some young buck is like, teaching you things and i'm hopefully in grace because i you know everyone's been stewarded with different things and it was just the amount of humility that you have um a lot of people in your position wouldn't even want to talk to somebody because they the the pain of uh, pivoting would have been more painful than just the pain of continuing to go down um i also love i want to highlight the scarcity versus abundance right it's that's a key word when you're talking to entrepreneurs but like, can you touch on that, Kelly? Like what are areas that you find yourself in scarcity and like, what does abundance look like in the, in the life that you're in? And I love that you touched on it because it's not talked enough. And this it's, it goes back to mindset, which goes back to our principle of you being your greatest asset. Right. It's like so many people are devaluing their number one asset.
0: That's right. So Caleb, um, as a, as a therapist, what I would say is we, we don't just devalue ourselves as a number one asset. We devalue ourselves as a person. And for those of us that have had difficulties in childhood, we were taught and conditioned to believe that we were worthless in some way. And so when, as we're doing our own healing, for those of us who've had the, the opportunity to do that healing, what what we, were led to believe as children about ourselves was also misinformation and we don't know that it's misinformation. So when we speak to to ourselves about, well, we're our number one asset, we actually have to dial that back to the emotional and psychological baseline that we all come from. This is even before money is introduced as a concept just in and of itself. And so in the, in the information that I gave you about something called the human factor, where I adapted the definition, the human factor is our emotional and psychological pieces of our person. And it is then um, connected then to the relationships we have. So in this situation, it would be a relationship with you, someone who is teaching or coaching, and then adding tools to that but we have to start with some kind of activating event. We have to have something in our life that pushes us toward this curiosity. And this is what Bill was talking about, as it relates to, well, what made him curious? So for someone who has survived significant adverse childhood experiences, curiosity is not something we had an opportunity to do or to be or to practice. And so what is the activating event that would be present for someone, anyone, To touch base with you or to even think for a moment that they were an asset of any kind if they have already been hurt in some way and so it's really important that people understand that emotion and psychology are a big part of this idea of the and asset and to believe something different coming from a very difficult childhood Childhood, or adulthood or a a recent um, trauma makes it difficult to see yourself in that light. Scarcity, a belief would be a scarcity belief just recently for us is, are you sure we have enough money to do that? Or what if we run out of money when we do this? Abundance belief looks like we have plenty of money. We are living our best life. We, our soul's mission is intact, and we have more than we could have ever dreamed of having. Let's keep moving. Currency is a tool. It's not who we are. It's what we use to do the things yeah. that we yeah. were created to do. So those scarcity things are very common right now with the pandemic. So there is a secondary traumatic stress that is occurring in our country right now related to this pandemic. And so it, it makes us feel, it, it, it's more scarce. We can't go outside. We can't do the things we were doing. We can't get to our loved ones. It, it's a scarcity mindset by its very nature. And so that fear builds. And when fear builds, fear is the most powerful emotion. And it just yep. overrides everything else in our lives. And so this is a very, scarcity and abundance are very important as it relates to the end asset. What I would also say it's very important as it relates to life, to living your best life, to living a good quality of life. So those are just examples of scarcity versus abundance.
1: I just want to plug our community because if you're hearing Kelly, no, she's not a wealth coach. She is a part of the Better Wealth family. And Kelly, again, I'm... I need to have you like monthly monthly session with with, with Kelly. So um, I also want to just touch on the transaction versus transformation. It's it's something that you actually were the first person to bring that up to me, but I like identified it immediately because I've never been somebody even when I was at the bank, somebody that like wanted to do a transaction because I saw that as short term. And so I and we're not perfect at this. I I look back and say, man, I wish I would have done this differently, this differently, this differently. But I can honestly say we've I've had a heart of having not a non transactional and more transformational. And I, I'm grateful that you helped me spot that out. And our our culture as a team um, is very much focused on that. And so uh, thank you for thank you for pointing that out. Uh, one of the things I I want to ask you, uh, Bill, is this concept of E equals MC squared. And I'll let me just tee it up for the, for the listeners. And if you've not got my book, you can go to betterwealth.com and get yourself a copy of the end asset. Um, but E equals MC squared obviously has some other, um, I want you to talk about the difference and how it actually somewhat relates to the science. I'm not that smart. I was just like, this is a cool way to explain um, the, the money. But essentially for me, it was efficiency. Efficiency is everything. We had a conversation be, before getting on the air, and you have an understanding of efficiency. You're thinking about every decision in through the lens of what's the most efficient long-term and short-term of, of every decision. And so it's E, efficiency, equals M, which stands for your money. Right. C squared stands for compounding. We, every decision we make has a long-term consequence. Like a decision you make today with your money will affect future generations. And the other C, control, your greatest right. financial need, I believe, is controlling capital, and what Wall Street and the banks want us to do is they want us to transfer that control. Give yeah, that. And so, what I'm curious is what that was a light bulb moment for you. And then when we talked a while back, I don't know if you remember this. You talked to me about how the like how it correlated with actually the real equation. And I'm like, oh, all oh, wow, right, that's, that's um, interesting.
2: And so, um, there's compounding and control, right? And that's the, from a scientist perspective, that's the, the loose, um, I, I don't want to diminish what you came up with there. Um, so, but I'll use the word that comes to mind. That's, that's the hokey part. However, if you can appreciate the fact that the, the control is just as important as the compounding, right? then it is a C squared. Yep. You know, we have the concept of the rule of 72 for compounding, right? Mm-hmm. It would be great if we could somehow come up with a rule of thumb. Maybe it's comparable to the rule of 72. Maybe it's even greater than the rule yeah. of 72 yeah. for the control. Yeah. And yeah. if it is greater, then uh, instead of doubling, instead of a doubling time, you're talking about a quadrupling time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I think what's so tough about that is you take some people and give them control and they'll bankrupt their life.
2: That's <laughs> and right. It's a, it's a,
1: and then you give some people yeah. control and it's like, it will change their life. So I think the tough thing is, there. it is tough. But one of the things that I, I wrote out is like, everyone's talking about the eighth wonder. But it's like, why, why aren't we talking about something that could be so much more powerful? Instead of waiting 20, 30, 40 years, you could have something happen in two years if you with that paradigm and so it'd be key i would be really interested to to go down that path and it's so difficult because it's like the variable is usually you and that's the example i gave in the book it's like what's the rate of return of a golf club well for me it's a it's a day on the golf course and losing a lot of golf balls you know and if your name's phil mickelson you can make a quite a good living off of off of your ability to swing the club and so it, it just goes back to that, that, that tough variable, but you're totally right. I love how your mind goes to like, see, like, is it truly a C squared? I, I, that was the first time I thought of that. Um, but I just love how, how that's articulated. Um, anything else you want to talk about that? And then I want to ask you a question about life insurance, because I know that you guys are in Dave country, Dave Ramsey land. And I know that right. there's some paradigms that you okay. had to, you know, lay, lay a rest as it relates You've to, to unlearn. Yeah. i to, wanted-
0: I wanted to just take a moment from the emotional and psychological side of this idea of control. Yeah. All right. So we can talk about the scientific, we can talk about the and assets operationalized meaning of it. That's beautiful stuff. Control at its very core is subjective, it is dependent on the individual's understanding of control and honestly whether they had power or no power as they were growing up, if they were powerless versus powerful, disempowered versus empowered, then we start to see, well, if I was powerless as a child, well, you can imagine that I'm a control freak in my adulthood. It just to kind of balance that. So when we think about control in life in general, versus control in money then we have to be able to see and talk a little bit about not the again the transaction of the C, but to understand that underneath of that control whatever it means to an individual that can't necessarily be prescribed which is why i think it's such a difficult thing inside of the equation to quantify because in my opinion emotionally, psychologically, it's not quantifiable. It is not necessarily something that we'll be able to prescribe to each person and say, this is how it'll roll for you, and you'll make this much money and this much money. It has to make sense to the individual where they are in their life, in the life cycle they're in at that moment. So as it relates to control, very complex in its nature, and it's got to be seen across a continuum of understanding um, nuclear engineers and nurses aside.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, and there's so much I want to go down, but just due to time, we're going to move, move on to unlearned categories and we'll start with life insurance because obviously that was that was a big thing for me and I think that was a big thing for you. And then I want to open it up to both you and Kelly on other areas that you've had to unlearn in this beautiful and maybe frustrating journey that you've been on.
0: Well, there's so much to that. I think, I think for me, the first thing I needed to do was, was expand my lens to include life insurance in a different um, operationalized idea. So life insurance was um, mis- mysterious to me. You know, it seemed to be, um, Dave Ramsey aside, you know, the way that it was, was shared in the world and with, with me as a person was very simpl- simplistic. Yeah. Right? Your life insurance, you pay a thing, and then when you die is when people get money. That's basically how it worked. And so, what is the unlearning is it's not that simple. And it can be utilized in a very powerful way. Um, however, there is some real feelings out there about life insurance. And so, as we talk to other people we love about this model that we've learned and we're excited about it, even our own children were. Um, We're taught the way we were taught in our generation. We're trying to unteach them the stuff we actually taught them. Right. (laughs) And so they're looking at us like we've lost our mind and I'm like, oh, sorry, we just didn't know what we didn't know at this point. So the biggest thing for me is um, Demystifying life insurance as a vehicle in and of itself and its potential for use Rather than sticking it in a box and keeping it in a, in a very simplistic way, um, it feels to me like a lot of life insurance, those who are involved in life, life insurance are, are fearful about opening this up to a more, um, a, a different, a more general idea or, or term. And so they're like almost scare there's in a scarcity model they're holding it to their chest they don't want us to know about it Um, the people who we're talking to are like that sounds crazy and so I would have to say that one of the it wasn't necessarily we're pretty open-minded but if we're going to unlearn something it would be what life insurance has been told to us that it is conditioned to believe it is and for me that was one of the greatest hurdles that I felt like I needed to move through was that
1: You know, Kelly, it's interesting. If you're not looking at it in the lens that like I teach, it's one of the most scarce products, scarcity products out there. It's like it's a necessary expense for your demise.
0: It's fear-based.
1: It's so so totally fear-based.
0: Anytime you can get someone to agree to pay for something that they're afraid of by their very nature, people that I've worked with, I've been a hospice nurse, people are afraid to die. Yeah. And that is leveraged. Yeah. in these situations which is very yeah. sad so very yeah. scarcity in its nature yeah yeah
1: bill what about you
2: well i was always a skeptic about um, pretty much anything well yeah so yeah i question everything so <laughs> oh, i know trust me <laughs> <laughs> and so um whenever you're in a position in which um you're an up-and-coming young man. You have a bright future. I felt like that about myself. Um, I had married Kelly, had kids on the way. Um, you got to look at, you know, protecting your family, right? And mm-hmm. so, there are two schools of thought: buy a term and invest the difference, right? Which, as you could probably tell, that's kind of like the way I was right why why would it be any other way Yep. and there's this notion of you know buying whole life and paying premiums and just seeing how it grows and so I was one of those um, uh, because I couldn't come to the conclusions myself and I wasn't able to map it out over a 30 year period. I decided, okay, well, I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to do both. Um, do you remember looking at my whole life policy that I, I, I did back in 1989? I do. So um, before I called you, um, I was thinking, you know, he's, he's not going to think a whole lot about this policy. <laughs> However, there was a lot of cash value built up in that. And I just recently stopped paying my term life because, you know, it had become expensive. And I felt like I positioned myself to insure myself, right? That's the goal. Just once you get there, if you don't die, let the term policy lapse and you're self-insured. Right. And then I looked at... I looked at the policy before I called you. I'm like, well, he's not going to be impressed by this, but I was impressed by it, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I could see, I could start a new policy by taking a loan yeah. from this policy because of the cash value that it built it up built up over thirty years. Well, not quite at that time; it was like twenty eight years, and just to get a feel for, you know, whether any of this really made sense or not, that's exactly what I did. Right. And so whenever I honestly answered the questions about how did I fund?
1: Yeah. Well, and just give a little context since you opened that up.
2: I did did (laughs) take the loans.
1: Uh, To give a little context, Bill tried to take me out of business early on. No, just kidding. (laughs) um, He was, so in life insurance, they don't want you leveraging because that's another, that's just something that's like a, if you go to a bank to get a loan, it's called premium financing. There's strategies around that. Um, and so they, they sent out a survey that like nobody does, but of course Bill does. Um, right. and so he was diligent in there and he was super technical. He's like, no, I, this is a loan. Cause he, cause again, he's been taught and he gets the idea of a lot um, of efficiency. And here they're thinking he went and got a a bank to finance a premium, and we didn't disclose that. And so he, he had me uh, filling out some uh, paperwork, and you've been- it, sorry been, about that. No, I was just been
2: trying good. to help you out. I didn't realize it. It's, However, It's fun to look back on it and be like, I, yeah, I, I love it. It's a learning lesson, right? These right. are
0: the things we learn as we're growing into these kinds of things. So yeah. no worries. If that's the worst thing that happened, we're actually in great shape yeah oh yeah i want you to continue because yeah
2: and i was like man if i could put myself back in 1989 i would so the whole life was a small thing the term life was pretty big i mean it it costs less but it was you know in terms of death benefit it was bigger i wish that i would have reversed that if i had flipped that then i would have been in a much better position
0: and um but caleb wasn't even a thought in 1989 were you i'm sorry that's okay i I just i'm just saying everything has a timeline everything has
1: a timeline yeah i yeah that's that's super interesting is there anything else bill because i know that i know and i know that you're trying and this is not in a in a bad way but you're trying to simplify this for the podcast because i know there's so much going on in your head was there anything else that was like i know the and component was key. I know that like you've obviously viewed life insurance a little bit different light, but was there any light bulb moment that happened that you're like, oh, knowing what I know now, I would have done this or this makes so much sense. Because I'm not going to give away what's going on, but you're using the and asset as a truly an asset that's unlocking all your other assets in retirement.
2: That's right. And you and you
1: get it. And it's like we have options and you are going you guys are going to be more free. And have a greater legacy because that's in your that's in our right. foundation.
0: Right. So we created a model from the and asset that made sense to two very different people. Yeah. Which in and of itself is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's exciting. And you know, we'd really we're happy to talk to anyone who's trying to figure out how to unlock that. Um, As a couple or not as a couple or a single mother or someone who doesn't even make that much money, you know, one of the things I work with impoverished people every day. And my hope for them is that they can find a way to Have this idea of the and asset to be able to know that they are an asset and that they can can make a difference in their lives and the lives of their children and their grandchildren breaking these intergenerational patterns. Um, it's, that's also very exciting to me, Caleb, you know, there, there's so much that can be done with this model. We're just at the tip of it and it's only limited by our imaginations. That's right. And so, you know, that's my encouragement. I mean, there, I, I I agree. I think the change in life insurance for me and, and his, um, whole life versus term life and some of those things were, were some of the big things that got us started. However, The key is stay curious. Don't just take for granted someone that you like or that you're listening to is completely correct. You are the expert of your own life. You are the expert, and and you need to be the one that it makes sense to. So that's what I would say. Just to anyone who is interested, just stay curious and look around and see what resonates for you and what feels right to you and your family, Um, and all will be well just stay curious
2: and how about the whole notion of just it's part it's a curiosity thing right it's like if you have equity locked up somewhere if you have somebody inviting you to and you got you got to be careful right Embracing the notion, I'll give you zero percent, and you just have to be responsible with it, right? And so, it may sound silly, but I don't know if I would have gotten to where I am right now if I hadn't said, you know what, I'm going to fund your um, your degree with the mm-hmm. with a zero percent credit card. I'm Mm -hmm. just, I'm just going to use that to finance it. And then, um, a few years later we had our 30 year cruise, um, with our family and we just said, we're just going to pay for everybody's cruise vacation and we're, somebody's bound to offer us a 0% credit card. And those sound totally backwards from what anybody would ever really seriously consider and if you look at how do you access liquidity in your home right yep i mean you, you probably remember that i was one of those guys i got a i got a yep. 15 year mortgage and i pounded it out and by gosh <laughs> yeah. there it was And yeah. i felt good about it and which is
1: so funny to me because you're you're an engineer it's so funny to me that that was your mindset going in because you're a numbers guy yeah. and i just see it as a totally different through a totally different
2: uh, and i got some advice from people like you saying that it was totally a mistake and i learned from my mistake right, right. i mean that's you've got to, you've got to put yourself in a position to yep. reflect and say how could yep. i have done this better yep right and uh getting our home equity line of credit put us in a position in which we have a lot of liquidity to do a lot of things in terms of control. Now, Kelly's heard me say many times that Nelson would not approve. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> referring to Nelson Nelson's Nash. Nelson's rolling in his
2: grave right now. We
0: love, yeah. we love Nelson Nash. Okay. However, yeah. I didn't
2: discover it until after I yeah. um, learned yeah. who he was, so well, therefore, yeah.
1: And, and it's a, it's a, it's a, in, it's a disagreement I have with some, some people that practice infinite banking and we just agree to disagree. I'm with you guys. I want to be able to view, like if someone asked me, should I go on a cruise and use a credit card to do so with that information? I'd be like, oh, there's a lot of red flags, but the cost of capital could be zero. And knowing you guys, you guys had money. So for you, it wasn't that, can you afford the cruise? It was. What's the most efficient? See, I'm telling you, you right. always go back. You, you right. had this mindset actually before meeting me, and that's why you got connected with me. As you saw, life insurance, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as one of the keys that unlocked efficiencies that maybe yes. certain products didn't have, that unlocked that efficiencies to the next generation. And so, and just
0: remember that cruise represented not only abundance, but intergenerational love and yeah. nurturing, and modeling, and all kinds of other things that yeah. are intangible, and it's not talked a lot about in life insurance.
2: Yeah. So that.
0: that's where I kind of come in. It's yeah. like, you know, It doesn't
2: have to happen after you die. It doesn't. Yeah. That's the key.
0: <laughs> that's the key. Yeah. Were you, you,
2: guys, started, you
1: guys remember uh, the legacy wealth strategy at all? I don't know. Legacy? I, that was my first I mean, trademark.
2: That was, t- I think I was too focused on other designs um, such as uh, bank replacement strategy, yeah. futuristic yeah. tax shelter strategies, yeah. and yeah. you probably put that out there. And I think at the time in my life that I was at, whenever we were having that conversation, I probably filtered it. And but I do have to recognize that I have that tendency. I you know that's how I got here, right? So it's. Yeah it's a good thing and it's a bad thing right so
1: no i when i first heard that again
2: to remind yeah. me maybe maybe we're on to something that i need to reevaluate well no the legacy wealth
1: strategy was it was when i really didn't know much about anything and i was like i'm gonna trademark and so i spent i spent money working with a lawyer to get this trademark and I, and then knowing what i know now i should have just went with it and then if it was something that stuck then spent the money but anyways legacy wealth strategies essentially using life insurance and you can live your legacy today, but it's also teaching the banking strategy and all of what I talk about in the and asset. And so we, we um,
2: absolutely want to do that. And our challenge right now is teaching the next generation. And we're in the midst of that right now. And that is really hard. I mean, (laughs) uh, you know, especially,
0: which brings me to life
2: insurance, right? Which
0: brings me to family life cycles. Right. And so, Unattached young adults, newly married people, family with young children, family with adolescents, launching your family, or family in the later years. I just like to consider us wise, not later. Every life cycle has its approach as it relates to language and the utility of it. Emotion, psychology is different, your coaching would be different, and the tools you would use would be different for millennials and other kinds of people because. They just speak a completely different language and their tools, their coaching methods, their emotions, their psychology. And so all of that needs to be taken into account in a life cycle way to make sense of this and asset concept. And so that's what some of the stuff that I had um, sent you about how does the human factor and family life cycles um, activating events. How, do, how does all that make sense in the tapestry of this incredibly powerful and asset idea? Um, and so what we'd like to do is, as always, is just uh, continue to encourage you to, to help you think into this next level, to make it more comprehensive and more available and more reachable and more understandable to all socioeconomic status yes to all people who are partners not partners lgbtq whatever it is man you know this should be spread far and wide to everyone in a way that it's understandable and so i really came
2: line at the door that you talk about i
0: came from that position just it's just a different position and looking at this very incredible concept. Yeah. That's all.
1: So the the aha moment that I had, and I'm excited to collaborate and work with you guys is life insurance is one piece and that's not for everybody. Like it is, right. but there's some people that like we're not let's not talk about the product at this point, but the principles, right. the right. the transformation instead of the transaction, that's gotta be we we got to get that out and and Kelly thank you for mentioning that because that's been heavy on my heart and I'm I'm just constantly figuring out how do we get into schools how do we not just talking about a strategy that's what we've been talking about but it's like a mindset and a lot right. of times it's your relationship with money and it goes even deeper from that it's your relationship with value of do you even value yourself i know right. you have a lot going that that we could talk about there and the the, fa- the funny thing is you you did Put yourself out there to say if anyone wants to talk to you. I don't know if you want to stand by that statement. But if I mean, I would love those further conversations as we're wrapping up. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about uh, before we get into the last question I ask all the guests on the show.
0: I think my encouragement to anyone who's listening to this podcast or seeing this video would be this Remember that you're worthy. Remember that remember to stay curious. Don't just take for granted what everybody's saying on Facebook or in a podcast or something. Really think about it from your lens and remember to stay fearless. Do not let the fear of something keep you from living your best life, your soul's mission. Abundance is completely within your reach. And the end asset is an incredible tool to help you to live a transformed and loving and generous life to yourself and to your own family and to generations that follow you. That's what I would say.
2: Bill, is there ditto. anything
1: that you want to say?
2: <laughs> well, she kind of answered the question that I was expecting the next one. So,
0: um, He said I'm, ditto because that's really... how he rolls. He's, he's less verbal. I'm going to give
2: us a spreadsheet on how he backs
1: up that statement. <laughs> yeah.
2: No more spreadsheets. <laughs> Um, Well, yeah, I I have a hard time uh, visualizing, well, I I do a better job of visualizing whenever I close my eyes. And uh, what I'm thinking in my head in terms of what comes uh, out um, verbally um, can often be two different things. And so I find myself saying um, what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with I, you, so, I, I'm with so you. It's
0: so much easier to just go, what she said.
2: Um, and I would, I would go so far as to say, whenever it comes to um, the whole um, psychology aspect of things, and, you know, even if you're an engineer, and numbers guy, um, just, yeah. it's, it's really hard for any of us to recognize that we may be wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, try to get into that um, space in which, you know, there may be uh, something there that you need to uh, value and appreciate and understand better.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And that's why it's so unique to have you two on, because as you know, I don't have too many people that are dual on on an interview. And, and it's just really, really special. So I, you guys have listened to my show before, so you know how I end my show. And it's the legacy question. And this is really special because I know that you have kids, that you have people that you love so much. Kelly, I know that you probably have people that you serve with that you would want to include in this conversation, but it's like, if this was your last day, which we're all going to have our last day at some point, and you were able to pass on the wisdom that you have or what you've gained from life, what would that be? I would like you guys both to answer it, um, and then we can can wrap up. Do
0: not wait. Do not wait to live your dream.
2: Be bold. And not just live your dream um actively pursue it don't don't just get into this notion of i'm going to follow this dream that i have instead be very proactive and make the choices that are going to um put you in a position to make your dreams come true. You can make your dreams come true. You're your number one asset, right? We've yeah, love that. <laughs> heard that from you many times. Yeah. And I just think that um, the, the love aspect of it is is really important too. Right. Um, and you kind of already uh, shared that with her previous response in terms of how important, you know, considering love and Um, helping people recognize that it's currency, right? So don't be afraid to have those conversations and just know that this is really about love and embrace love. And if you do that, you're gonna be in a position to really be uh, excited about your future. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where the abundance comes in, right?
0: Right. So what I would say is there's only one language, Caleb, that translates, and it's not financial language, and it's not emotional language, and it's not psychological language or physical language. It's the language of unconditional love. And the and asset allows us to manifest unconditional love in a way that we never have before. That's the power of it. That's...
1: That's, that's really, really powerful. And, and like I said, there's so, there's so much more that we could go into. Um, what's really cool is when we first met, it was very much of a transaction that brought us to the table. And obviously, it's not, it's not even what it was a relationship, but that's like kind of what brought us here. And then the relationship and that transformed. And it's cool to see how you guys, how your mindsets have changed. And my mindset has changed it's just really cool to see you guys. And and I love how your legacy question's like, listen, it's not a, it's like, if one life has got to resonate with you, it's not necessarily what all all you do. It's like, make sure that you treasure it and make sure that you set up your time, your money and all that other stuff in a way so that you can love unconditionally. And um, I thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for being such great examples. And thank you guys for like being some of our biggest fans. Like we are so blessed. It, you guys are a part of the Better Wealth family. It's interesting, Kelly. I didn't. I didn't correct you, but you said Better Wealth Solutions, and we actually oh, yes. switched over to, to Better did. Wealth. No, no, no. We switched over to Better Wealth, and when you guys came on, we were Better Wealth Solutions. Yes, you were. Um, so it just you guys have seen the the literally the the, the growth um, yeah. from when you guys came on. It was just me practically, and now yeah. we got now we got a, a a lot of people and counting, and so
2: very um, good.
1: Thank you guys. I, I appreciate you guys, and uh, thank you for all that you do. Also, um, if if you guys are still up, I will put information down below on how you can reach out, um, or or you can reach out to us, and we will connect you um, with with Bill and Kelly. Um, but I am just so grateful that you guys are willing to be go givers. I'm sad that we're not gonna have our event this year, um, but we were gonna figure out a way, and and I can't wait for you guys to be part of the community and you guys might even lead a workshop who knows i i don't know but i we need people we need more people like you that are willing to speak up and uh just be live go-giver lives
0: right on all right caleb well we love you and thank you for this time we really appreciate it
2: and condolences with your grandpa
1: yeah thank you guys it's it's made it more and more real that we have one life and and i have to give it my all so thank you guys
0: all right thanks thanks boy genius we love you